Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Amplify Your Business. Today, I am talking to Dr. Richard Crow. He is the president and chief strategy advisor over at Verenix. And now, I am really excited because I don't get to talk to doctors too often on this show. But uh, you have got a heck of a history here that we're going to dig into in a minute. So I am just so excited, Richard. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Lance. It's a pleasure to be here. I really welcome the opportunity, and I'm I'm glad to be a part of this uh, entrepreneurial community. Yes, it's going to be a great conversation. We're going to get into in a minute here what it is that you do and give people a little bit of a background so they understand the context of the advice and the journey that you've been on. But before we do that, what would you say are three things that every entrepreneur needs to know? Uh, I would say that one of the things that was most important to me is coming to the realization that you're not alone. Ah. There's a community of entrepreneurs out there, and I have found them to be extraordinarily willing to share their knowledge and experience, particularly experiences in their in their early stages, so that yeah. you can try to avoid the uh, the obstacles that maybe they tripped over. And they give great advice, and they've been just unbelievably willing to share with someone, uh, even when they don't really know you, it's been tremendous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, secondly, I would say, uh, you know, you want to, you want to do your homework. You really want to understand who's out there doing something similar to what you're doing. And, uh, and really, I think that leads into the third point, which is you, you really need to have a firm understanding of what you think your competitive advantage is in the market. There, yeah. there are lots of folks out there potentially offering a similar product or service, um, apparently on the surface, but how are you going to differentiate yourself from that? And I think it's one of those situations where I think it's worth slowing down a bit to speed up, really take your time to understand how you're building your competitive advantage with your entrepreneurial concept before you uh, you you go out and then have to rethink it on the fly. Yeah, yeah, completely. And so with your background, so on the education side, you know, I teased that a little bit at the beginning, but uh, you have a master's in strategy and you have a doctorate in business administration, I believe you said, right? Correct. Along with a, a bachelor's in physics and a, and a master's and all but dissertation in engineering as well. So <laughs> Uh, it really combines uh, a lot of quantitative analysis with strategy, with you know a broad uh, understanding of, of business principles. Yeah, and so just a fascinating blend of of education and experience over there, um, which has led you to this point of creating then a strategic consultancy. Um, and so, tell me a little bit more about Verenix and what it is that you are trying to solve there. What problems? are you trying to address? Sure, really, Vernetics has grown out of uh, a long history of of experiences in my own career, working on various types of problems. So I've led uh, data analytics functions, been heavily involved in strategy development with organizations, been very involved in in leadership development, uh, both as a coach and a coachee. Yeah. And I've, I've through the years in each of those disciplines found certain things lacking. Mm. For example, 
I think that there's a misconception that um, that if you get a group of smart people in a room, that strategy is something that is just intuitive to that group. Mm. And I think it is true that thinking strategically tends to be intuitive uh, for smart people. They tend to be drawn to strategic thinking. Okay. But there's a difference between thinking strategically and developing a strategic plan that can do the most critical thing that a strategic plan can do, which is to create for you a competitive advantage and enable you to sustain that advantage. Yes. And so there are similar stories in the leadership space and in the, in the data analytics spaces. And so after, uh, after compiling all this experience through the years, I thought, you know, I, I feel that it's time to, uh, to position a consultancy that will focus on those areas and do two things. And so Vernetics really has two service lines. One is a consultancy and facilitation service line. Okay where Vernetics can come in, help you in your uh, strategy development sessions by facilitating those sessions, by bringing some principles from the discipline of strategy into that, that discussion so that you can really answer those questions about whether this great strategic idea has the potential to be a great strategic plan that generates value for the, for the business. Uh, the second is to uh, in, in the facilitation space is a lot of organizations still don't have a great understanding of the data analytics space. It's not something that most people carry around in their personal toolkits yet. And that leads to a lot of misunderstanding about how to understand the value that analytics is bringing to the organization. And so I can come in if, you, if you're struggling to know how to create a, an analytics organization, Vernetics can help you with that. If you're struggling with, with understanding really what is the value being produced by that organization. Vernetics can help with that. And then on the leadership front, there are thousands of leadership books, hundreds of leadership programs out there. What the folks at Duke University found is that, um, is that those speak to certain sub-domains of a, a, a complete leadership model. And through a lot of research done by some, some really outstanding folks at Duke, they developed something called the six domains of leadership model. And uh, as a certified coach in that, I can come and help, uh, help your organization to really embrace this broader six domains of leadership principle. The leadership work you've already done likely fits inside that, okay. but this will expose you to the broader needs for robust leadership. Yeah, And then the second service line is really one uh, focused on education. So there's executive coaching, uh, which I think I, I know I personally found very valuable in my career as I was an up and coming executive. Those who had been there and done that could offer me advice that would help me not stumble over things that, you know, mistakes that they made in their earlier executive careers. And then, um, and then there is uh, also the, uh, in addition to the executive coaching, there's, um, there's life coaching. And I think something that's unique to Vernetics or somewhat unique anyway, is offering master classes in these topics. Yes. So it's one thing for Vernetics to come in and facilitate a session. 
And there will be some transfer of knowledge in that process. But if you really, as an executive, want to add a stronger understanding of the discipline of strategy to your personal toolkit, you can do that through masterclasses. And in those masterclasses, you're also engaging with people from other industries, other companies. There are interactive uh, exercises in those masterclasses to really help you become more, uh, more of an expert in those domains. And, and really it's, it's targeted at helping you to develop your career. Yeah. Yeah. Peer to peer is such a powerful piece of, I think the learning process, right. And so, uh, un uncovering that knowledge that uh, you maybe don't appreciate coming from a book or somebody at the front of a facilitated session, uh, the way that they deliver it, uh, hearing it from those who have done it, who have walked the path or, or are in the struggle right now, just like you are and how they're tackling it. Uh, it creates just that, uh, that ability to, to learn and understand and question and to, um, uh, yeah, just look at things from a slightly different perspective than what the way that you're digesting the exact same information, essentially. So I, I, I love the idea that you're layering that in as well. So, so if I got that correct, then so you've got uh, two major lines, the consulting facilitation, and then you have the education, which is really the coaching and then the master classes. So um, thank you for, for giving us that background. Now, one of the things that um, I would like to touch on a little bit is this what I think is just extremely unique. I, I haven't talked to any other um, strategic consultants out there who have a deep understanding um, in data analytics. And so the one thing that I would say is that it's incredibly difficult to create a strategy that's really going to um, facilitate the growth of your business if you don't understand the number side of the business. And, and in addition to that, all the rest of the analytical pieces of data points that you can collect. And especially nowadays, I mean, with all the technology that's infused into businesses, there's a lot of data points that we can extract internally that are going to help. So that's really unique, is it not? Like, would this not be your biggest uh, differentiator within the marketplace yourself? Yeah, I think that's a great point, and it and it is, and I I agree with you. And one of the reasons why I have both strategy and data analytics in uh, Vernetics is because I would I would pretty much challenge anyone to show me a strategy these days that doesn't have an underlying dependence on yeah. data analytics. Yeah, and I think that dependence is throughout, and and, and what I mean by that is. Analytics should be informing your strategy development. Yep. Analytics should be used to vet the strategy as you're debating it. And analytics should be used to assess the performance of that strategy once you roll it out. Yes. And different analytics apply in each of those scenarios. And so I think it is really important for... Uh, for folks to understand that point and to learn more about analytics without becoming data analytics consultants themselves, yeah. but just a, a, a better fundamental understanding of what analytics is and what analytics can do. 
and that analytics itself is a discipline. This is actually another issue that I've run into where, um, you know, people don't necessarily recognize analytics as a discipline. People have specific training around specific techniques for analyzing data. Those techniques can be quite sophisticated and can get you to insights that most people will struggle to get to with the types of requests they usually make of an analytics department. Yeah. Okay. When they think of analytics, they come to you with a prescriptive request for a report. Most likely that is not going to get you to the information that you need. Yeah. You need, you may need data that you're not aware even exists in the organization and you may need analytical techniques that you have that you don't know exist. Mm -hmm. And so really it's important for analytics to play a, a, uh, the role of a consultant in an organization. And I think that that's where it's important here with Vernetics to be able to bring that as part of the strategic advisory so that you are making the, the best use of your analytic capability to support your strategy development. Yeah. Well, and not only that, like making sure that you have the proper analytics foundation so that you can be measuring things because if you can't me measure it or you don't measure it, it's really hard to know whether or not you're improving upon it. Right. Um, and this is the thing that I guess is my biggest frustration with the strategic consulting community is they'll come in oftentimes with really great strategic plans and they'll, they'll work their asses off to deliver this to the company. And, and it's brilliant. However, if, the execution is one of the challenges. You're solving that with the coaching then. But then on top of that, if we're not measuring it and really identifying what is success and then, you know, putting the right metrics in place to measure that success and then empowering the team to see that and to continuously improve upon it, I, I think you're, you're just going to, again, not achieve what you your true potential is. And that's one of the biggest frustrations that, that I see anyway, it's just, uh, there's a lot of work that goes into creating and developing strategy and, and imposing or imparting strategic thinking into the, into the fabric of the business. But then it's like, okay, to what ends though, right? Like that is right. the end. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree so strongly with, with what you just said. And, and what I would add to that is, you know, one of, one of the terms that I hear misused most often in conversations around strategy is competitive advantage. Okay. Usually the conversation goes something like this. We have a lot of smart, expensive people in the room okay. because we think that's where our best ideas are going to come from. And one of those folks comes up with a really interesting idea. And, every, and they throw it out there to the group. And someone in the group immediately says, wow, that would be a real competitive advantage. And I hear that term competitive advantage thrown around a lot. Okay. And it's used very loosely. But in reality, competitive advantage has a very specific meaning. And certain criteria have to be met in order to, for a good idea, a great idea, to actually result in competitive advantage. And that's actually where the name Vernetics comes from. The V-R-I-N in the name is an acronym out of the strategy world that speaks to the criteria that are necessary 
in order to create and sustain competitive advantage. Okay. And linking it to data analytics, as you assess what each of the V, R, I, and N refer to as properties that your strategy has to have, analytics plays a big role in determining whether, in fact, you are meeting those criteria. So those criteria are your idea has to be valuable and rare. That's what gives you an opportunity to create a competitive advantage. It has to be inimitable or difficult to replicate. And it has to be non-substitutable. There can't be something that is, you know, an easy substitute. Maybe it's not exactly what you have, but for the person on the street buying your service, it's a reasonable substitute. If those things exist, then you can't hold on to your competitive advantage. And so in in assessing each of the value, um, rarity, inimitability, and substitutability, there's there's a place for analytics in that as well. And so you've got to be able to understand how to use the analytics effectively to determine whether your strategy is meeting those criteria. And what I've found in, you know, pushing 30 years now, both as a as an analyst myself, as well as in uh, executive leadership roles, when I'm involved in strategy conversations, those criteria, I, I can't cite a single instance where those criteria came up in the conversation. Yeah. And uh, much less using analytics then to try to vet those, those criteria. Totally. And if you look at the literature, what you find is 85 plus percent of business strategies fail. Yep. The easy scapegoat for failure is to say, well, I guess we failed to execute on the back end. We had a great strategy. We just didn't execute it. And that's why it failed. I think the reality is more that your strategy wasn't properly formed on the front end because you didn't assess those those necessary criteria for your strategy to have a fighting chance to capture and sustain competitive advantage. And I, and I should mention that that applies whether you're talking about a competitive advantage for your business or whether you're talking about a competitive advantage for you personally in your Mm -hmm. career. If you're trying to develop yourself as, you know, as a person that is going to continue to advance in your career, you need to assess the same criteria. You know, how am I going to distinguish myself and distinguish myself in ways that are not easily easy for others to replicate so that I stand out in that crowd? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so whether it's applied to business or whether it's applied to your career personally, it's, it's the same criteria, but because most people don't study strategy as a discipline, they don't know those criteria. So it's not a fault. It's just not something that is typically embedded in the other disciplines that, that uh, are, are most common among leaders in organizations. Yeah, fascinating. I love it. I love it a lot. So one of the things that you said earlier as well, and you just kind of glossed over it a little better, just, just in passing, was this community that you were able to tap into when you first started working on developing your business. And so you've been operational now for almost a year, and, but you were very intentional about tapping into that collective knowledge of other entrepreneurs who've come before you, who, um, you know, can support you and to provide you with advice. And so talk to me a little bit about that, because 
that's somewhat unusual. And again, I, I, I mean, for a guy who's a has his doctorate and business administration and strategy and all this analytical uh, thinking and so on, I am no not surprised at all, uh, given your background, that this is the approach that you took. Uh, but I don't think that this is a common approach that a lot of other entrepreneurs do. So tell me what you did, how you were so intentional with that, and then what has been the outcome of that? Sure. So I think to be an entrepreneur, to be willing to take the step out as an entrepreneur, as well as to be a successful leader and, and executive requires a certain amount of confidence. Yeah. You need to have a certain amount of confidence that you pretty much know what you're doing and that you have background and experience relevant to what, what it is that you want to do as an entrepreneur. But I think that what, what became so important for me and where I think a lot of people struggle is this idea of saying, well, yeah, you know, I am competent at what I do, but I don't know that I know everything that I need to know. No. So let me allow myself to be a bit vulnerable and expose that to people who've been there and done that in the entrepreneurial community and say, hey, I am stepping out, you know, I'm forming this consultancy. There are certain aspects of it that I've, I have nailed. I really, you know, it's my area of expertise. I know what I want to offer, but there are other aspects of getting a business moving as an entrepreneur that perhaps you don't have experience in, or your experience is limited, or you're, you still just have questions about what works best. And so what I did was, um, put together a list of people who I know who have been in that space. And I reached out to them and I was very vulnerable in that initial communication, uh, saying that, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this because this is my area. These are my areas of expertise. And these are areas that I, I'm not sure that I know to ask the right questions. I'm not sure that I'm looking at the right information. And, and I shared that with the group. And what I found was that every single person, and I got a great response from that list. I mean, people were just incredibly willing to share their experiences for the purpose of helping me to avoid pitfalls that they ran yeah, into. That's great. And I, I've had a number of those conversations now, and people have been, they've reciprocated the vulnerability. Yeah. Right? They've been very open about what they did well, what they didn't do well, what they would do differently. And uh, every single one of them that responded to me said, you know, I so appreciated your willingness to be vulnerable in that uh, email that you sent to me or that LinkedIn message that you sent to me that it, it compelled me to want to help you. Yeah. And, and so I would encourage people to, to recognize you're, you're not alone and be vulnerable when you, when you reach out to people. Like be very authentic and be willing to say, I know and understand this. I'm not sure I know and understand that. And I could really use some help there. Uh, and my experience has been people were, were just incredibly receptive to that message and, and so unbelievably generous in sharing their time and and their insights 
I mean, these are people who have uh, consulting businesses of their own, right? They charge people yep. to get this kind of advice. And yet in me reaching out and saying, hey, I'm, by the way, I'm entering the same space that you're in. Yeah. And I'd love to know, you know, what worked for you and what didn't work. So I don't make the same mistakes or so I understand better how to do what I'm doing. And yet they were willing to help. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it was just tremendous experience. Yeah. Yeah. And on the surface, right. It doesn't even like make a lot of sense that they would be, uh, you know, investing any time in those conversations right. with you because you are potentially competitive. Right. And, and right. this is the thing that I just really want to emphasize with our audience today is that when you ask for help, when you're authentic with the desire to, you know, improve yourself and to be curious and to, to, to seek others' expertise, it's really, really difficult for people to say no, because inherently, I think in general, I believe in humanity and I believe in the, the, the fact that people do want to help other people. And I think that us as entrepreneurs are even a more special kind of slice of that overall population if we were to take a sample size. And I think we're just predetermined in general to want to be helping other people even more so. So it's really difficult for us to say no, because when we started our businesses, especially those who are in that coaching, consulting uh, sphere, it's really about trying to help others. Uh, you're trying to solve somebody's problem and help them navigate through whatever it is that they're navigating. So inherently, I think there is just this predetermined desire to, to help. And so when you ask for it, you will get it. I, I really, truly believe that. And you're a living proof of that. So thanks for sharing that story. That's fantastic. Sure. One, one of the people that I uh, spoke with actually made a great point as well, which is um, particularly if you're a solo entrepreneur, okay. it, can be, it can be a lonely road. Uh, There's a lot of work, yeah. uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of, you're doing a lot of things that, um, may not even directly relate to what it is that you do. You know, you're a, you're a strategy consultant, but you're spending half your day doing marketing yes, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, and the person encouraged me after, after talking about my email and how that compelled her to respond and, and engage with me. She said, you know, because it can be a lonely road, I encourage you to find some people like her who you can, who you can then schedule just regular touch base meetings with maybe once a month, something like that. That's beneficial to both of you because you're both out there on that road and you're going to hit, you're going to have peaks and valleys as, as you go and having some people who understand the journey that you're on because they're on a similar journey and having some pre-scheduled time that you know that you're going to connect person to person to share your experiences on that journey can be very therapeutic for both of you. Yes. And so I actually now have a number of those uh, scheduled. And the interesting thing is every person that I spoke to who had responded to my email at the end of our conversation suggested that we do exactly that. That's cool. And, and so, you know, now I have these, these meetings scheduled so that I'm pretty much talking to at least one person every week that's in the same space, uh, not necessarily offering the same services, but they're on a similar consulting or, or coaching journey. And, uh, and, and I think the fact that they offered reflects the fact that 
they themselves feel like they need that connection yeah. and may not be making as many connections of that type that, that, that would benefit them. And so they're actually looking to make connections with people who are, who are, um, who are interested in doing the same thing. Yeah. So creating that network among other entrepreneurs, I think, you know, just for support purposes can be very helpful. Oh, I, I completely. Yeah, I 100% agree. And so, again, I just love the intentionality that you have uh, placed this into your weekly, you know, routine, essentially, to have that support. So lots for our audience to learn from in this experience, for sure. I, another thing, I, just tapping into the strategic mind of Richard Pro, I, I really want to take this opportunity to kind of pull back the curtains a little bit, if you can, Richard, and tell me, you know, you've been at this now, like in terms of actually having the business up and running for almost a year. What would you say is going to be one of the biggest hurdles, one of the biggest challenges that you are going to have to your business growth, whatever your goals might be for the next, say, 12 months? Um, what is going to be the biggest hurdle and how do you uh, basically overcome that? What's your strategy there, Richard? For me personally, and I think this takes into account my strengths and weaknesses, that sort of thing. Yep. I think the biggest challenge is, is uh, understanding how to market effectively in the, gotcha. in the current digital world. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're past the point where cold calling is the thing to do. Uh, that's not very effective. There are many other ways that people leverage to, uh, to try to, to connect with, with potential clients. And those potential clients are inundated with information yeah. uh, related to the work they do with uh, vendors soliciting them. Uh, you know, I know how it, I know how my inbox looks yep. and I know everybody else's inbox looks that way too. So 100%. how, how do you effectively create a, a marketing strategy that leans heavily on digital marketing capabilities to consistently drive um, clients or potential clients to have a conversation with you? Yeah. I think that's something that I am still learning. Um, I happen to be fortunate enough that my oldest daughter, uh, I have five daughters, by the way, wow. my oldest daughter is actually in the marketing space. So I'm getting some advice from her, Great. but it is still, it's a learning process for me. Yeah. That is, that is not where I've spent a lot of my time in my career. And I think to look ahead a year down the road, if I hit the, the level of success that I'm, that I'm projecting for myself, it's going to be largely a result of having um, having solved this marketing question. Yeah. What is the most effective way to market Vernetics and and to have that marketing result in conversations? Yeah, yeah. And so your strategy to overcome that, then it sounds like goes kind of goes back to what we talked about just previous to this is is reaching out to those who maybe are experts within that space. So your daughter in this case, and, and maybe some of those other coaches that you've been talking to uh, mm -hmm. about what they're doing, right? And, and learning from that, those experiences. Yeah. That, that's correct. That's correct. And, you know, those conversations are leading to things like uh, this conversation with you, mm -hmm. right? I'm connecting with channels that I had not been previously connected with. Yeah. 
And it's, you know, it's, it's having conversations about what I do is leading then to people referring to others saying, Hey, you really need to be connected to these people. Yes. And, and even helping through a warm introduction in order to, to get you to other, to other people, to other channels. And that's, that's been extremely helpful. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and this is something that I'll, I always tell everybody. So even though, you know, I've got a dozen years running our marketing company, our agency, it's one of those things that um, people often will think that I'm very much biased to, you know, you got to market, 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 market. Uh, the most effective thing, especially in the early days of a startup where cash flow, you got to be just so careful of is it's really about building relationships, creating that word of mouth action that's out there. There's this um, magical, you know, five years that people talk about. If you can get through the first five years of your business, and a lot of people call it the valley of death for businesses where, you know, <laughs> the, the vast, vast majority of businesses will fail within the first five years. Why is that? I always was kind of curious of that. And so with my business, when I hit that five-year mark, uh, or around it, right? It might've been a little earlier for some companies might be a little less, uh, or I mean later. The difference is, is that you've been in market long enough now, you've worked with enough people that that referral network starts to kick in. And so you end up then having inbound business opportunities as opposed to at the beginning, it's all about outbound. You have to get out there and talk to people. And so, I'll always say the most effective thing that you can do for your business from a marketing standpoint is make connections, be strategic about it, obviously, um, about who you're talking to, and then really try, and in my philosophy, is to give first, and then that puts out such great energy into the space, and you'll get something in return some way or another. And so, uh, so that's the way, or that's the advice that I always give to every business. But uh, and then once they're ready and they they have budget and everything else to really accelerate marketing, well, then it's like, OK, well, let's have a conversation about that because we've got some things that we can do to really help throw some fuel on that fire, so to speak. Uh, anyway, I do want to uh, ask you one last question. We've been uh, chatting for quite a while and I could talk to you for for hours and hours here, Richard. Uh, I just find what you're doing fascinating. But. I'm really curious if you could, you know, send a letter back in time to a younger Richard Grove, uh, knowing where you're at today and, you know, the path that has, has taken you to this place. What advice would you give yourself, your younger self? The advice that I would give to my younger self is to be willing to take that chance sooner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, per, perhaps because I am this analytical yeah. quantitative person, there was, I think always that sense that, well, there's more that I need to know before I can go there, before I can take that entrepreneurial step. Yeah. And I don't want to discount the fact that, yes, there are certain, there's certainly knowledge that you need to have to take that step. However, you know, there's that old adage about don't let um, great get in the way of good enough. Yes. And and I think that, that that has been the case for me or had been the case for me where I, I likely would have gone on this journey 
10, 12 years earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so if I could write that letter to myself, I would encourage myself to take that step that, that my experience and knowledge at that point in my career was good enough to be able to take that step. That it really became, I think, a matter of diminishing returns to some degree after that in in waiting to take the step into entrepreneurship. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's one of those things. Uh, I and when you were going down this road when you started talking, I was just thinking, well, of course, analysis paralysis. You're going to have a certain level of that because you you want to crunch the data, you want to analyze right. everything, right? Yeah, so that totally makes sense. And so it's actually in a lot of respect. I think you really have to pat yourself on the back. A lot of respect. It's it's amazing that you even took that leap. That that leap ever did occur because of uh, you know just the analysis part of where you come from. So good on you for doing that. I'm excited to have you part of our community. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be a part of it. And, uh, you know, these types of conversations are really invigorating. I, I enjoy them so much. And, uh, and I've had so many more of these types of conversations since starting Vernetics. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm looking forward to more, you know, I'm, I'm engaged with some, with some other startup companies in an advisory capacity around their strategies and other aspects of their business. And uh, I, I, I find it just really energizing. Totally. And, and so these, these conversations are great and I look forward to having more. Excellent. And so for people who want to have more conversations with you, um, you know, whether that's directly related to the business and wondering if you can support them at all, um, or if it's just talking about uh, your journey and, and their journey and so on, what would be the best way for them to connect with you then? So uh, the website is vrenetics.com, V-R-I-N-E-T-I-C-S. You know, as a, as a physicist originally, I had to put the sort of kinetics in there to, <laughs> to, uh, to reflect the fact that the whole idea here is to help drive your strategy forward with momentum. Yeah. So vrenetics.com, and there's, there's a contact form there, or... Uh, you can reach out to me directly at uh, dr or Dr. Richard Pro at vernetics.com. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. And for all of you who are listening today and you really like this episode, you want to check out some other episodes, head over to amplifyyourbusiness.ca and you're going to find our archive there. And obviously all of our future episodes too will be posted there. And if you are a podcast audio listener only and you love listening to great stories about entrepreneurship, head over or sorry, just go to your uh, podcasting platform of choice. We're on all of them and just uh, search Amplify Your Business there and you'll find us as well. So until next time, everybody have a prosperous day and thank you once again, Richard. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Lance. I appreciate it.